On this week's episode of Good Will Talk, Jess and I will share our New Year's resolutions. We talk about the return of Christ, and we both use the word eschatology a lot. All that and more on today's episode of Good Will Talk. Happy New Year, Jess. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's 2023. You survived to 2023. <laughs> Look at you. Whoever would have thought Look something like that would happen. We made it. We made it to 2023. Happy New Year to everybody listening. Jess, it's not the topic of conversation today, so I figure I might as well ask it right up front. Yeah. Any New Year's resolutions this year? We'd going into 2023 with any I new d- I do ideas? Have a short-term resolution and short a long-term. Term. My long-term one is drink Wait, more water. Whoa, hold on. Oh, sorry. You, you have a short-term and a long-term? Well, because I want to be reasonable with my long-term. <laughs> okay. All right, <laughs> like I enough. know myself. <laughs> Good. So you have, you have your... Last so what year, you're saying is you have a fallback plan for your New Year's resolution. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Last year, I, I was like wanting to kind of cut down my caffeine intake mm-hmm. so i did mm-hmm. that pretty well so well this done. year my long term is i'd like to increase my water increase intake. water and then short term is i'm going to israel in just a you couple are. months now i know so i would like to like i need to start walking more so that i'm ready bro and that yes. my feet are not angry with me yeah you so used to be a runner i i was and i hurt my knee and yeah. then like i just never started you just never again. gotta get your knees back to 100 so, uh, yeah yeah i mean, I mean angry at me that i've gained weight but <laughs> okay but that's not that's but, not like yeah, an no. injury that's just yeah no i just yeah. i i ran down a hill and kind of just overstretched the ligaments and so that took a long time for it to get better and then by then it was just out out of of my schedule so i just want to start i'm being reasonable i'm not even going to say that i will start running again but i need to start walking in the in the mornings or the evenings i need to find some time to be walking more just so that i'm ready for israel and what happens after march i'll I'll see what life brings me so there's a goal and then there's a plan right so the goal is to walk more what's the plan to make that happen to make the goal. Okay. <laughs> this is why I bought good, All right. I bought good sneakers. <laughs> oh, you bought good sneakers. Okay. You have good sneakers. Oh, those are good sneakers. So that's part, those, of the, like, part of the plan like is having Asus a... sneakers or something. I don't yeah, know what they are. They're running the, sneakers. They're running, running sneakers. Yeah. Ooh. Which actually, they're really soft. So I'm not sure I'll love them for walking. But they were... I thought they were going to be my Israel shoes, but now I'm not sure. Because they're just... They're too soft? They have a lot of like heel cushion, which is oh. fine for running. But when you're walking and you're standing, there's like not a lot of stability. Okay. So you want a little bit more... Maybe. More we'll see. see. This is... I, I'm right. just preparing for Israel. You're preparing That's really, for Israel. All right. right. So, I'm finding the sneakers and trying to get a little bit more... Okay. Not All physically right. fit, but just have like All more right. stairs and walking yeah. endurance. So that if I do, you know, 1,500 or 2,000 steps or 20,000 so, 20, steps so a day... So much walking that I'll be okay. in Israel. So much walking in Israel. So worth it. Yeah. So much walking. I I just like, don't want that gonna, to be like a damper on my trip. No, that like yeah. my feet hurt and I'm tired. You're gonna be, um, you're, you're gonna be sitting there waking up, eating a breakfast that's much bigger than ever you've ever had before. You're just like eating constantly, going, "Why am I eating so much?" You're gonna be realizing because you've been doing nothing but, <laughs> but walking and standing right. for hours and hours and hours. So it's gonna be a great. Ah, oh, man, my wife's going with you. It's gonna be a good time. So I'm super excited. Yeah, your friend uh, your, Nikki's going too, right? Yep, and my mom yeah. is going. All right. Okay. Wow. So it's a, it's a party over there for Pastor John. That's <laughs> good. That's luck great. For him. Good luck, Pastor John, keeping that crew in control. He'll be fine. Oh, it's gonna be a great time. My mom time. will keep us in control. Well, and and you know, I mean, it's 
so the, you guys are going this year. There will be a trip in 2024. That's the yeah. plan. I'm pretty sure 2023 is closing down. Like, I mean, I think that if you wanted to get in, I, could, I think they finally do like the final yeah, cutoff is sometime in January. Yeah. So I think like if you were absolutely wanted to go and yeah. like call and you're all in, yeah. and pretty much you've got most you of your money. You basically just got to pay it like right off. Right. right? But but right. no, I, you know, if, if uh, hearing people talk about going to Israel and the prep that's there and all that, if that kind of piques your interest 2024 man yeah we don't, we don't have the trip like locked in yet on who's going and no, all that but i mean like usually you could just, just say like kind of earmarked for the spring yeah, every year yeah probably in march you're gonna go you're gonna hang out it's gonna be a great time so encourage you to do that um yeah all do you right. have any uh oh mine yeah so this is <laughs> i can't even think so of the a resolution, resolution. i oh, i got i was thinking about this i do have a resolution and it is absolutely like the pastoral cliche if of all pastoral cliches like it's not even i'm almost embarrassed to say what it is <laughs> um my goal is to um work on the discipline of prayer oh all right so my my goal well like, i mean oh what's the pastor's resolution he's gonna pray more like i mean that's but, just but the, that's not what you're saying that you're gonna pray more it's that you're gonna work uh, like so it is about praying more but it's about um like it, it's like articulating it's, your prayers it's yeah and and using aids to mm -hmm. help me in my prayer um so prayer books and um i'm actually um we're we're kind of reconfiguring our dining room a little bit so it's not a dining room anymore it's it's a place that happens to have a dining table in it over to the side if we need it right but um you know we put down a carpet and uh, i'm gonna get a couple chairs in there with a little table lamp and stuff like that like it's gonna turn into effectively a study for me mm -hmm. um so a space where i can get up because here's where, where what happens right now is i get up i grab my coffee i sit in my chair and the television's across the way right so it's very easy to just flip on the nfl network or something like that and hang out and watch football um and so i it's not conducive to really meditating on the word spending time with the lord that way so most of my prayer life is done as i go right and that's I feel like I'm missing out on something. Yeah. And so um want to set up that space, get some aids there to help me spend more time in meditation as well as in prayer. And maybe um, we're going to we're hoping to have Pastor Tim on in the new year uh, to talk a little bit about the difference between the two and the importance of Christian meditation and stuff like that. So, yeah, because I'm getting um, some time off, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you time off is a relative <laughs> it's, term. It's tax time. Uh, yeah. You're you're going to stop doing this for a minute, probably yeah. in a couple of weeks. But that's. That's about it on time off. You're, <laughs> gonna be, you're gonna be slammed, and then you get to go to Israel. That's then, your time off. Right, and then your I'll, time off is in Israel, <laughs> where I get to walk and learn a lot yeah, every day. But you get to walk and learn a lot every day, not at home. Right, right. I don't have to make any food. Not making for any food. Ten days. Ten days of no cooking, man. Ten That's... days of no food prep. Yeah, Matt's gonna be kind of chilling with the kids. <laughs> I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to have be some sort of calendar kids. schedule for him. This is what you cook: take the little bag out of the refrigerator, heat it up. Like Matt and I are gonna have to have some hangout time with the kids. <laughs> just be like to put the kids in another room over there, uh -huh. lock the door behind them, and oh, then it's winter. Just, just send them chill. outside in their snow clothes. Yeah, but eventually they get cold. Yeah, but it takes out like. All right, that's fair. This yeah. is fine. Invest in good winter clothes where you can oh, send your yeah. children out for like two hours and they're not cold and they're not yep. wet, no matter how cold and wet it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My kids the that's other fair. day when they had no school and it was like raining and yeah. they're out there in their snow clothes rolling around in the rain. There you go. For an hour and a half. 
Beautiful. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, so that's my New Year's resolution. Uh, I, I mean, I don't really have New Year's resolutions. It's, it's just that's kind of my goal. Right. Like for an the intent. Year. Right. That's my. Like intent. I'm gonna be more intentional about yeah. something. Yeah. And then, um, you know, when it comes to, um, I don't. I haven't really thought through one for something that's a little bit less like my spiritual condition. Right. Like something mm-hmm. that's a little more fun. I haven't really. I'm not going to Israel this year. I do have a couple trips. Like my part of the the issue for me with the New Year's resolution this year is I just have so much going on in 2023. I don't have time for another like I'm going to do this more. No, you're not because you have no time in your right. day to do that more. So, uh-huh. um, you know, I I don't really have a resolution. I've got I got a couple trips coming up. I got a lot of work I'm doing in uh, in the denomination and the presbytery. Of course, um, this is a massive year for Goodwill Beacon in uh, really trying to build on the foundation we built because it yeah. has been a it has been a rocky couple years. I mean, we our first anniversary was in lockdown. Yeah, I was gonna um, say like you really had just started yeah gotten we, started when there was and shutdown. we had like we had all this momentum like things were going yeah. well and then shut down really uh knocked our legs out from under us and um and so you know building for two years just kind of it was almost like we weren't even building for two years we were just getting through two years and praising the lord that we were still open and able to have services right. and people were serving and but it really was kind of survival mode for a couple of years uh, 2022 is all about building our foundation and making sure it was solid. And I feel like we did that, but now yeah. it's time to build. And, uh, so, um, this is what we're talking about in beacon. That's it's really the big year this year is, is beacon. It's like, how do we build something that's got staying power? So yeah, lots to pray about there, which is, that's actually coincides with my desire to really focus on prayer because as pastors, um, our primary role is preaching and prayer. That's mm-hmm. what we do. Like all the other things that we do are secondary to, preaching and prayer. Right. You, you guys pay us to preach well and to pray a lot. Um, and it feels weird to be like, hey, we're paying a guy to pray, but that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're saying we want uh, pastors who are going to be so dedicated to the care of our souls that they've given themselves to prayer. And uh, so I want to do that for Beacon because, uh, you know, God, God will build, but there is a sense in which he's ordained prayer as a mechanism mm-hmm. that, that builds things. So I'm going to devote myself to that a little bit. So that's my new year. That's my new year. That sounds great. While you're walking, I'll be praying. Maybe Probably I'll not pray. walking at the Maybe same I'll time. Maybe I'll pray while I walk. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Two birds, one stone type thing. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Let's get to work. We are uh, headed towards the end of our essentials conversation. We got two more weeks of this, Jess. Just two more essentials. I'm very excited about it. And then we have these essentials are set forth in greater detail in the Westminster Confession of Faith. So then we'll just go through the whole Westminster Confession of Faith. I'm down because I've never done that. Yeah, just one bit at a time. That's down. Maybe maybe that's a 2024 goal. We like we're <laughs> gonna do an entire year podcast on the Westminster Confession. And people of are faith. gonna be like, when does that start? Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna I'm gonna go ahead podcast. and unsubscribe <laughs> right just quick. Just let me know when you're done with yeah, that. Yeah, just you know, hit us back up when you're talking about things that are interesting again. Um, all right, so we're talking about eschatology. That's I feel like it's the only way you can say that word. Eschatology. I don't know what es- I mean, I do know what eschatology we're is. We're gonna maybe. talk about it. Isn't eschatology something about dying? <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Something about dying. 
dying. Um, I mean, death is is not like out of the realm of the conversation. What but is eschatology? It's, it's much bigger. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into oh, it. We, okay. have, we have to go through the essential oh, okay. first. Like, why are we even talking about this? It's um, but eschatology is actually a um, much broader topic than what we're going to talk about in six, which is why six is a helpful entry point okay into a conversation about eschatology so um this is the sixth essential six out of seven but we cheated because there's actually eight because the introduction is an essential about the scriptures but that's okay um number six go for it all right jesus christ will come again to the earth oh i botched that wow that was rough yeah (laughs) that's okay we'll start from the beginning on that there we go Jesus Christ will come again to the earth personally, visibly, and bodily to judge the living and the dead and to consummate history and the eternal plan of God. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Revelations 22, 20. All right. So um, we've already learned a valuable lesson in just in that punctuation matters. Punctuation was, does punctuation matter. Punctuation is key. So that was good. No, Jesus Christ will come. So here's, here's people who might be listening to that and going, there's not much there. And they're right. There's not much <laughs> there on purpose. Um, there's not much. I, I don't understand. You mean there's not much there? Like it's that, short, that man. could be disagreeable. Oh, it's just short. Like, no, let me read number five real quick. Let me remind people what the last one was. The true church is composed of all persons who, through saving faith in Jesus Christ and the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, are united together in the body of Christ. The church finds her visible yet imperfect expression in local congregations where the word of God is preached and his purity and the sacraments are administered in their integrity, where scriptural discipline is practiced and where loving fellowship is maintained. For her perfection, she awaits the return of the Lord. <sighs> yeah, but that's it's all, long, right? right there's but a it's lot about in there. sinful people like living out being the body of Christ in a sinful expression. I know. So like, I feel like there needs to be more detail. I'm just saying like a little tiny thing for number six might be for some people underwhelming. Oh. Because what it says is Jesus is coming back to judge and to consummate history. Right? That's what it says. And we're going to get into that a little bit. But like there might be some people going, yeah, but there's not enough detail. How's he going to do it? When's he going to come? What's all the like... Because we've kind of been taught to ask those questions. I guess. You don't think that there's a, there's a bunch of people who are like, a, where's more? I, I need think, more information. I think that there is a large group of people who, All right. yes, would try to make movies out of it. Well, <laughs> all right. We can get, we'll get into the movie conversation in a bit. But um, number six, though, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Because it is somewhat sparse. Why do you think it's, it's only saying what it's saying and not saying a bunch of other things? I'm, I mean, I'm not sure that there's much more said. Okay. Right? Is there much more? De- like, I, I, I don't mean, think in the Bible it's really spelled out. Like, this is exactly what it's going to, like, what the process will be. I mean, there's some who would say there it, it is spelled out. We got to get into that a little bit today. But, like, okay. but I think, I mean, what do you take away from this? What is the thing that you're going, this is why it's an essential for me? Well, I mean, I think in the beginning where it's talking about that, like he comes personally, visibly, bodily, like it's not like he's going to come in his body. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a secret. Yeah. I think like after that, you can disagree. Like you can, I think you can just, there can be a lot of disagreement and this is about the essentials. So maybe that's why it's short and sweet. Like this is what God said, period, the end he will do. Yeah. And the rest of it, what you're reading with interpretation in the Bible can be it's interpretation. Right. And that's... I, it can be up for debate. Yes, up for debate. This whole conversation about eschatology is a massive debate that is um, interesting 
to some extent important, and I, I, I think eschatology is incredibly important. I'll define that in a second. Um, eschatology is incredibly important to how we understand what God is doing in the world. But in our current um, cultural context in the evangelical world, people have turned eschatology into the main thing where like this is, it's all about, all of Christianity is about figuring out when Jesus is going to come back. And it just dominates people's minds. Um, And then we make essential particular views of this, right? So particular views around the rapture, particular views around a tribulation, particular views around the millennium. There's these different camps, right? There's uh, dispensationalism, historic premillennialism, amillennialism, postmillennialism, and then they can make There's it lots like, of camps, lots of camps. And those camps um, can really dig their heels in and say, we are right. Everybody else is wrong. And, and, you know, there are some who would even go so far as if you hold to another view, you are having a you have a lower view of scripture or a a, a some kind of a defective theology. Um, and they essentialize something that is by nature not essential. Right. What is essential is his return personally, visibly and bodily. You said something a second ago that's going to launch us into a discussion of dispensationalism a little bit. Okay. Um, he's not coming in I didn't secret. mean it. No, you didn't. But you <laughs> but but you glean that without knowing that that actually contradicts something that's out there. He doesn't come in secret. Yeah. Well, no, I did know it's out there somewhere. I have no idea where. But, you know, you do like, oh, like you're not going to know. Or that like, you yeah. know, how what what happens if you didn't, if he was, if he came back, but you know, you were blind to it. Yeah. You, there will be no one blind to it. Nobody will be blind to it. There is no secret return right. of Christ. There is a very public, very visible. Right. The time is secret. Right. The, the when, the timing right. of it is secret. But when it happens, everybody's going to know. We're going to be aware. Yeah. We're going to see that happen. Yeah. You're and, not going to miss uh, it. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. You're not going to be like, oh, that was today. I didn't, I, nobody said anything. I didn't know. Right. Like it's, it, when he shows up, the world will stop and right. pay attention to the return of Christ bodily as well. And this um, points us back to the conversation we had around the resurrection a while ago. Um, he was raised physically. He ascended to the throne physically still in his body. He returns in his body. He is in his body right now, like the physical Jesus Christ is still alive and in the presence of the Father right now. Um, And that's also something that we want to... Jesus is in some corner, like, spirit up there hanging out, waiting for his body to come back. He's been resurrected. Resurrection already happened for him. He has his eternal body. He will return in that eternal body um, at the uh, the last day. And so that's that. Um, He comes to judge living and the dead. Again, back to some of the uncomfortable things. You see how the essentials are kind of culminating on each other. Yep. the judgment of the living and the dead doesn't, That's, I mean, that doesn't sound fun. Well, no, but I mean, he's got to judge all people from all time because they were all sinners. Okay. So this, yeah, this is kind of the natural progression from the doctrine of sin. Right. right? And, um, and also this, this is about God's character as a holy and just God, merciful, yes, gracious, loving, mm-hmm. um, but we don't want to necessarily like pit the character of God against the character of God, right? Different characteristics of God don't cancel each other out. He's not less just because he's merciful. He's not less holy because he's loving. They all go together. Right. And so, yep, he comes to judge the living and the dead, 
and to consummate history and the eternal plan of God to bring everything to an end and head us off into eternity. Um, and, and so that's that now. <laughs> that's all. That's all. Now, <laughs> let's get into this a little bit. Okay. Because um, there are, and this might be a little shorter episode, but that's okay. We, yeah. we can, you know, it's it's the new year. People are just, <laughs> it's January 2nd for crying out loud. Like, or no, yeah, the 2nd. So people are going to have to take a deep breath and, you know, get into the year. And New Year's was on a Sunday, so everybody's confused. Yeah. They're not sure what to do with today. It's everybody's so, first work day back because yeah, they have Monday off. Yeah, they're not sure what to do. My kids are like screaming that, why do I have to go back to school? It's, you know. I get it. Amazing. Yeah. We're all a little bit. It's amazing. <laughs> but we're all a little bit, you know, surprised. It's January 2nd. We're here in the new year and talking about eschatology. You may have come to church yesterday and been like, really? The first sermon was on the lake of fire? Yes, it was. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> um, and and that's just, you know, because sometimes the text is the text. Um, we do need to talk briefly about um, what we believe will happen when Christ returns, and that's a little bit here. I wonder, um, in your coming up in the church and your Presbyterian background, but also, you know, you listen to theology podcasts, you read, you do those things. Um, what is your exposure to eschatology? Like, I don't really have a lot, and that might be purposeful, just because it's not that—it's terrible. It's not that interesting to me. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and not that interesting, and I don't mean, like, there are other things— that I think for me are more interesting to think about and think yeah. through and think about um, like the outworkings of in my Christian life and my Christian okay. faith and my sanctification. And I feel like listening to those is more personally beneficial to me. Okay. And listening to this, it's interesting, but in the end it doesn't matter. Okay. God will take care of it. All right. Like I, all I need to know is that I will be there and that, I will be in eternity and what eternity looks like and the outworkings of all of that doesn't change my so you're life saying, right now. You're saying <laughs> I have, I'm just saying it's in good hands. I have about 15 minutes to convince you of the importance of eschatology. No, I'm not saying it's not important. That's of not what I'm saying. The application, I guess, maybe is my of question. Of the way that eschatology rightly understood transforms yeah. discipleship in 15 minutes. That's Did, what I've got. Yeah. Go. I'm listening. feel like that's a big task. <laughs> I feel like it's a really big task. Um, all right. So let's define eschatology. Okay. And, and this is a um, eschatology is um, basically the doctrine of last things. All right. That's how we define it. Last things. But. So I was right when I said about dying. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not just about death. It's not our doctrine of death. It's oh, our I doctrine of last things. Okay. Um, but I, it, the way we de the way we define last is important. It's not necessarily last in a temporal sense. It's better maybe translated because it, it comes from a word. It comes from Greek word eschaton, okay. um, which is the, the kind of the the end. But and has dual meaning in Greek. It actually does in English as well, but we don't use it the second way very much anymore. The end of something is, yes, when it's over, but the end of something can actually be the goal. What is the, what, you know, we have that phrase, the ends justify the means, right? Okay. That's the goals, what you're trying to accomplish, the mm -hmm. end. Um, eschatology is about final things or ultimate things, 
So not just about a temporal, this is when things are going to end, but what is the goal of all of history? What is the okay. goal that God is uh, has been working from the beginning? So actually, what we tended to do in because of the influence of of, of dispensationalism and evangelicalism, and that's a that's a, I know that's a a mouthful. And um, what I encourage people to do is go to the Revelation study that we did on Wednesday nights, and I give about a forty five minute excursus just on dispensationalism. Um, but it's Rapture Theology, the Left Behind series, um, Late Great Planet Earth by what's his name way back in the day, Hal Lindsey, I think wrote that. Um, like it's it's a belief that Jesus could at any moment return secretly, rapture the church, and then it in, it begins a seven year tribulation period. Um, and then that during that seven year tribulation, an antichrist comes. He persecutes um, those who came to faith after the rapture because they realized they were left behind, and they they you know there's a seven years period where they can come to Jesus Christ. Um, there's a important theological component to it in dispensationalism because dispensationalism is about Israel um, and the church. It only exists because um, Israel rejected her Messiah, um, and so then God gives the kingdom to the Gentiles as a way of um, basically disciplining Israel wow. and then removes the church through the rapture. That I never heard. Yeah. So removes the church through the rapture so that, um, so that the, basically the, the redemption plan with Israel can recommence. Um, so there's a whole lot of stuff going on here, right? So the rapture okay. theology isn't just like, I read this in a verse somewhere. There's a reason that it exists in, in dispensational theology and dispensational theology has changed over time. Like way back in the day, there's a guy named Lewis Schaefer. He was a systematic theologian who said, there's actually two, two paths of salvation, one for Gentiles and one for the Jews. Um, that softened a lot. Um, in dispensational circles, and and they wouldn't say that anymore. But like that's where it started. It was that okay. harsh of a distinction, and and so I think um, when what's happened with eschatology is it's become all about the Book of Revelation, some prophecies in Ezekiel and Daniel. It's just like tell me about what's going to happen at the end. But eschatology is actually about what is the plan of God in what's the end. Right. What's the goal? What's the purpose? And talking about ultimate things. And then if you read the book of, of Revelation with that in mind, it actually is a book about blessing and discipleship. It's a it's a book about endurance for the church in the midst of suffering and persecution. Um, it's not a storybook about what's going to happen in the last couple years of, of Earth's history. It is written kind of like a comic book. It's very visual, very graphic. Um, but to describe God's work in the world and his goal of bringing the church, of purifying the bride to make her ready for the bridegroom. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the whole goal and purpose of the book of Revelation. And and so eschatology is not a, uh, a like a book of trivia and facts about what we think might happen in the end. Eschatology is a it really defines the entirety of our lives because it's a question of what is the goal here what is my end you know the the chief end of man there's that word again in mm -hmm. the westminster shorter catechism the chief end of every person is to glorify god and enjoy him forever that's an eschatological statement right that's eschatology I guess it never really 
thought of it like that. Well, and that's because of how it how it's been kind of twisted and distorted. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't always used to be this way. Eschatology is about last things, but in a and yes, it culminates in the end, right? So it does have a view towards the final day where Christ returns and the church is brought together with him to be the bride with the groom. Like it has that in view, but then it stretches all the way through history. Um, and and I was raised in a raised up in a tradition um, theologically. That, sorry, I'm thinking seminary, not my life, because I was raised in dispensationalism. Right. But um, theologically, I came up in an institution that was very clear. Eschatology begins with the resurrection. That Paul is doing works of eschatology. He's talking about the goal of Christ in saving His people and bringing us to the end. That it is, it, we we live now it, with a eschatological framework, an eschatological worldview. It's all about what is God doing? What is the ultimate end of this? And it is bringing all nations together in subjection to the Lord in a new kingdom, a new people. All the New Testament writers are talking about this amazing work of God of bringing the nations together. Paul is a uh, missionary to the Gentiles. Um, when there's major fights in the New Testament, they're like inter-ethnic fights. Mm-hmm. Um, there's questions about marriage and what do our what does our marriage look like? How am I supposed to live out of marriage? And what does Paul say? You live out of marriage because Christ loved the church. That's eschatological thinking. That's thinking of ultimate things to define how I live out my marriage today. So even um, even the practical day to day nature of a marriage in a Christian sense is lived Mm -hmm. out eschatologically, right? So a misdefinition of eschatology um, that I don't think that you are alone in, I think most people define it that way, does kind of make us go, "Ah, well, eschatology is this thing off in the end. I don't need to worry about it. In one, only one stream of theology is that true. For the rest of us, who actually we don't hold to that stream of theology, mm-hmm. we don't hold to a rapture, we don't hold to a tribulation, like that's not part of our theological grid. But it is um, so much in the like, air quotes, Christian culture. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe is why you're like, eh, I don't need to worry about that. Well, it's it's why... Like, I know that that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I need to know, is that I don't believe that. But I think one of the th- so this is that's where I ended up right mm-hmm. and actually I I shared this with the staff um, uh, last month during our Christmas party. Um, John asked us to go around and say you know what's something that's been really really uh, encouraging for you this year. And I told them I'm like you know teaching the Book of Revelation has been incredibly life giving for me because um, before teaching the Book of Revelation, I knew dispensationalism was wrong. Um, and, and I, I'm, of course, listen, when I say that, I'm not saying, hey, dispensationalists don't believe in the Bible or something like that, right? They're, right. they're brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. Um, they're but still Christians. Just like I would say a Baptist is wrong on their baptismal theology. That doesn't mean I, I you know. And it's also, I'm saying that firmly knowing that maybe I'm wrong. Totally possible. Don't think I am. That's why I'm a Presbyterian. But I totally could be wrong. Um, I knew I wasn't a dispensationalist. I knew um, if I had to choose a camp, I was all millennial. Um, I didn't believe the thousand-year reign at the end of Revelation was a literal thing, but defines the church throughout its ages. I knew those things, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know the book of Revelation. My eschatology, kind of like conceptually, I knew it started at the resurrection, but that that was about it. Um, although 
I'm I'm more and more thinking it eschatology started in Genesis three fifteen with the I was going to say of, when you were saying it started at the yeah. resurrection, and I was like, I might have put it earlier than yeah, that. Yeah, like, it, it may go even earlier before creation. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's an argument to be made that this has all been eschatology the whole time. Well, um, because you know, if God knows all and plans all, yeah, then. There had to have been a plan for redemption before right. there was sin. It's not like he said, oh, they messed up. Now and, I need to go in and fix it. How am I going to fix it? And Paul is clear that that Christ is crucified from before the foundations of the earth, that this has always been the goal, right. oh, that, that eschatology drove even creation, right. um, which does radically transform our understanding of what eschatology is. You know, so all, all of this is... is is in the background while I'm teaching Revelation, but what Revelation did is it helped me see um, the real-world application of eschatology, mm-hmm. that this stuff matters to how I am a disciple of Jesus in Jesus Christ, that eschatology and talking about spiritual things like spiritual warfare, reading the book of Revelation and the descriptions of spiritual warfare there, and not thinking of it as like, here's this thing that's going to happen in some literal sense in the future, but rather as an allegory to describe what the Christian life is like, that there is a dragon coming to devour the church, that that we have been um, carried off into the desert as a woman who's just given birth, and we are being saved there by Christ. Like that's, there are these incredible images to describe what we're supposed to experience today, that God is with us in suffering, that there is blessing in being a follower of Jesus, no matter what this world is throwing at us. Like eschatology has profound day-to-day implications. And because we all have the um, contemporary evangelical way of thinking about eschatology, that eschatology is just this thing for dispensationalists out there, and if we don't agree with it, we don't get to have it, Mm -hmm. Um, or that we don't need to worry about it because, you know, I've said the same thing, and God's going to take care of it. I don't need to worry about it. Yeah, that's true. I don't need to worry about it, but I could really benefit from it, and I don't because I don't want to become what I see out of the right. Left Behind series. And so, you know, I, I, if anything, I want this episode to get people thinking, hey, how does the return of Christ, how does ultimate things, God's goal of bringing all of history into consummation, right? To, of saying, not just ending it, completing it. That's what consummation is about. It's mm-hmm. a completion of the act of history. And, and I love that our essential puts it that way because it, it doesn't just say, all right, God, as soon as God says, I've had enough, he shuts it down. Right. That's not what it says. It says he consummates history and the eternal plan of God. Okay, then how do I live in the midst of that, of what God is doing, this eternal plan? How do I live knowing that we are moving towards the end of all things, not because God is just sick of it, but because he's done, because he completes his purpose, he consummates. Mm-hmm. That is different way. Of, that's a different way of thinking about eschatology. That I hope people go. All right, the essential here, while it doesn't say a lot, says enough to provoke a curiosity in us. Say, well, then, how is this actually going to? This does mean something for my everyday discipleship following with Jesus. Yeah, and uh, that's relatively new for me as well. Um, it's always been in the essential, but. Being really able to, work, way to think of it. Yeah, I haven't been able to articulate that. That's why I was so grateful for teaching the class. It, it gave me an opportunity to, to articulate just how important eschatology is for our everyday living. Um, because I don't know. I mean, when you're living your daily life, are you thinking about the end of the world? 
No, I don't have time. You don't have, <laughs> you don't have time to think about the end of the world? Oh, the only time I think about it is when I'm like absolutely done. And I'm like, oh my, come, Lord come Jesus, Jesus, come. <laughs> like, and I find, especially in the last like year or two, like just yeah. like truly meaning that. Yeah, like, like you just stretched to God, the are, max. Could you be done? Because I'm done. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And, and so I think, you know, there is great comfort. There is great hope. There is blessing in eschatology. And, um, you know, maybe at some point um, when I do have Tim on, we can talk a little bit about um, different resources people can use to get into this a little bit. Because, man, it is life-giving. It is such good news. He is coming back to the earth personally, visibly, and bodily to judge the living and the dead and to consummate history and the eternal plan of God. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Mm. Good, good news. Good stuff. Jess, any last words for our folks? Nope, I'm crying over here. You're crying over there? <laughs> oh, man, we it's got her crying. Nice. It's good stuff. All right, well, that's it. Season uh, 13, episode, I don't know, 74 or something like that. I'm not sure where we're at. <laughs> it's definitely but not it's, 74. It's, it's definitely more than 10, though. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Happy New Year to everybody. See you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci and Jeff DiMatti. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.